and welcome back to an early morning edition of Pushing the A here at 10.06 a.m. Had a free period first. Figured I'd uh, run with it. Gonna try and make it quick so I'm not late to school. Let's get going. Linda B. Johnson, who takes over for JFK after his death, uh, was not a liberal guy um, initially, because uh, you can't win as a liberal Democrat in Texas. However, um, in the White House, he immediately becomes considerably more liberal, um, and he also gets really cocky. He gives the Pope a bust of his own head. Um, he thinks that the best way, or he wants to say that the best way to remember JFK is by passing a legitimate Civil Rights Act. So he gets the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed, which uh, ends discrimination in facilities open to the public schools, um, etc. And also... Um, Something is outlawed? Don't know. Um, something else. Something's outlawed. Um, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, enforces all these things. Um, conservatives try to derail that act with a, a gender equality notion, Title VIII. Um, the Democrats actually use that then to get more gender equality. Um, Johnson executive orders affirmative action in the United States federal government, um, and he also begins what he calls a war on poverty, which costs about a billion dollars. He also gets JFK's tax cuts passed, um, and one of the big things forcing this in, or not forcing this in, but sort of moving this in, is a book called The Other America, um, that basically tells the world that 90% of black Americans are in poverty, um, and his reform platform of arts and education and healthcare is called the Great Society. Um, the Democrats nominate Johnson again in 64, or for the first time in 64 in Atlantic City. The Republicans nominate Barry Goldwater, who is the conservatism champion uh, from Arizona, anti-tax, TVA, civil rights, social security, nuclear test ban, and Great Society, all on a libertarian basis. This is really from a conservative uh, upswing in the Sun Belt. Um, and you're seeing a lot of other conservative editions, such as the National Review, um, which stands to stay, or Young Americans for Freedom. Um, you're also seeing um, Democrats in the South going to the right, going to the Republicans uh, post the Civil Rights Movement. Um, Goldwater is anti-civil rights again on a libertarian basis. Um, the Democrats think that Barry is trigger-happy um, in August 1964. Um, the Tonkin Gulf incident occurs, which is the United States Navy supposedly climb, complying with Southern Vietnamese um, and their raid on their north, and then the north uh, destroys, um, supposedly destroys two American boats. Um, so um, Johnson basically makes um, an announcement that there's going to be no wider war than the one we're currently involved in, but he also gets the Tonkin Gulf res resolution passed, which is sort of the opposite of this, which is the president can escalate the Vietnamese war without the approval of Congress at any point. Johnson wins 43 to 27 million, 49 to 52. Uh, the Democrats have majorities in Congress. Um, this Congress is also known as the Great Society Congress, um, because the conservative coalition's sort of gone, so... Johnson can pass legislation a la the New Deal. So um, he allocates two times the money to the Office of Economic Opportunity, uh, giving him $2 billion instead of $1 billion. Um, he also uh, gives $1 billion for the rebuilding of the Appalachian area. Um, he establishes HUD, the Housing and Department of Housing and Urban Development, Department of Transport, DOT. Um, Robert Weaver 
is the first black secretary uh, in the cabinet. He takes over HUD. Um, he also gives aid to arts and culture. Um, Johnson has a big four that he wants to help. That's education, Medicare, immigration, and voting rights. So educational aid, um, instead of giving it to the schools because JFK was Catholic and they can't be concerned with denom- they can't really put a denominational image up there, um, he gives it to the students to give to the schools, basically. Um, he puts in Medicare for the elderly, Medicaid for the poor in 90, 1965, um, and he puts them in in perpetuity, meaning that they don't need to be approved repeatedly. Um, the immigration and um, nationality, one more thing actually about Medicare and Medicaid, um, people are living longer, the government money supply is um, messed up for a bit. Um, the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1965 um, repeals the 1921 Quota Act, um, and allowing for 290,000 new immigrants a year, um, tapping the amount coming from the Western Hemisphere at 120,000, um, and basically saying only close relatives can come otherwise about 100,000 do, which is really surprising, but the majority of new immigration in the time is from Latin America and Asia. Um, the rate of poverty is going down, um, and he also began something called Project Heads 54? Doesn't seem right. He begins an educational project um, for education for the underprivileged um, is really what you want to know here. Uh, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 is a product of all of the failures of the Civil Rights um, Bill of 1964. Um, and so the federal government um, now can basically um, go and really get interested and really enforce um, desegregation in schools, and they can go and make sure that discrimination is not occurring in the workplace, um, and that everyone can vote. Um, because before that, you sort of had the poll tax, and you had um, these liter- literacy tests, and you had this crazy intimidation. In Mississippi, fewer than 5% of eligible blacks were registered to vote. Um, in 1964, the 24th Amendment is passed out lawing any poll tax. Um, and so then that summer, white and black civil rights activists go and register voters during the Freedom Summer. Um, in June, three of them are killed. Um, the state refuses to prosecute the killers, so the Department of Justice steps in. Um, there are some setbacks. Um, for instance, when the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, which is super liberal on issues of segregation, tries to get a seat at the Democratic National Convention, the Democratic National Convention turns them away at the door. Um, in 1965, Selma, which is 50% black, um, but only 1% of the vote is black, is the real hotbed. So MLK leads this march to Montgomery, and he gets tear gassed with a bunch of activists. Um, some die, and Johnson... Um, basically goes on the TV and admonishes them and gets uh, the Voting Rights Act the Voting Rights Act passed on August 6th ending literary te- ending literacy tests um, voting registrars go to state um, and blacks begin to use their newfound power um, through the system okay moving ahead let's talk uh, the Black Power Movement. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 is the last legislative win for the nonviolent um, group of civil rights activists. Um, in the meantime, police brutality continues in the North. There are riots in the California ghetto um, 
where 31 African Americans die, and you see the rise of Malcolm X, um, who's a member of the Nation of Islam, and he sort of takes the torch from MLK, he's a black nationalist. Um, MLK is sort of under fire for being too peaceful and not doing enough. Malcolm X leads, and he's gunned down by rival members of the NOI. Um, you also see the beginning of the Black Panthers, who are socialists that arm citizens, patrols, but also start breakfast programs for students. Uh, Stokely Carmichael, who was from SNCC, starts the Black Power Movement, basically smash Western civilization, um, which is the opposite of sort of like, let's exercise our rights through the system. It's pretty clear se se separatism. Um, this idea of Afrocentrism emerges, so people are... Um, really identifying as African-American, and they're wearing afros, um, and they're demanding black studies programs at universities. Um, there are riots in Newark where people attack their own neighborhoods and policemen and fire departments, um, and whites get really confused, and the North is really, the whites are really angry, the North is really confused. Half of the black populations in the North, so no one knows what to do. The whites say, let's move to the suburbs. <coughs> um, blacks uh, considerably, are considerably more unemployed, um, but you do also have voter registration, African Americans in office, um, and in ma as mayors, um, and the South is actually more integrated than the North, um, you have about one-third of the population in the Midwest, um, and at the end of the 60s, MLK, um, is sniped in a hotel room, um, really putting an end to the civil rights movement. Um, Nixon is not elected yet, so I'm not quite sure what we're talking about him. Makes sense. Okay, yes, let's go to Vietnam. Um, the United States is stuck in Vietnam. The Viet Cong in the north are attacking the United States consistently, uh, or the southern Vietnamese fairly consistently. Uh, they attack an American airbase in Pleiku. Um, don't, I think I botched that. Johnson says, okay, it's time to bomb North Vietnam. Um, and he brings in the troops in Operation Rolling Thunder in 1966, which is about 184,000 troops. Um, Northern Vietnamese guerrillas continue to match, um, American troops. Um, it's the process of Americanizing the fight, where it's America's war now, not Saigon's war. Um, because that part of the, that government, Southern Vietnam, keeps collapsing, uh, the United States really sees them as a democratic ally in our fight, their fight against communism, the American fight against communism. Um, by 1968, America has 500,000 troops in Vietnam, spending $30 billion a year on the war. The world is angry. They're expelling the Peace Corps. France asks uh, troops to leave. Um, France, um, <laughs> they leave NATO, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's really American hypocrisy. And then you see the Six-Day War in Israel, which is um, Israel basically goes and gets um, large parts of the region, such as Sinai and the Gotham Heights uh, and the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and Jerusalem, and suddenly a million Palestinians are um, under their jurisdiction, 350,000 of which quickly flee to Jordan. Um, they give back Sinai passed post a treaty with Egypt, um, but they won't give up the rest, and the Middle East gets super volatile, and anti-war sentiment is up in America, so the U.S. does nothing to intervene. Um, with this anti-war sentiment up, though, 
you also see stuff like teachings and protests and burning draft cards and people fleeing to Canada um, and marching um, about A, this pointless war in Vietnam, but B, innocent civilians in Vietnam being killed. Um, the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations um, has William Fulbright on TV, he's sort of exposing things about the war. The public is deceived on a lot of the causes of the war and its winability. McNamara is actually fired, the DOD secretary is fired for doubting um, if the U.S. could win the war, and it's called the credibility gap. Um, the government really never explains this to the citizens what the stakes are or what it could be worth, um, and no one knows like what could this possibly be worth. Um, so, in the meantime, about 100,000 Americans are already dead, and the U.S. has already dropped more bombs than they did in World War I. Um, there's also some constitutional questions where the CIA is spying on domestic um, citizens uh, that are anti-war. The FBI is using Pro, Council Pro against um, sort of anti-war citizens called the Doves. Um, they suspect them being communist. And it's looking totalitarian, which really um, motivates the rebels uh, against the war who really desperately want an end, but LBJ continues uh, the barrage. Uh, in 1968, um, in Tet, uh, the, the, the Tet Offensive, um, the Viet Cong hit, uh, 27 southern Vietnamese cities, including Saigon, um, the military asks, say, okay, we need 200,000 more troops at this rate, um, LBJ realizes that the strategy of continual escalation is broken, and that the best strategy is to end the war, um, Eugene McCarthy tries to primary LBJ, um, he is a Democratic contender. He wins the New Hampshire primaries uh, with a bunch of anti-war, um, a bunch of anti-war campaign staffers. RFK actually begins his candidacy too. On March 31st, LBJ makes an announcement: A, I'm not going to run in 1968, but B, we're going to freeze all the troops and the bombings. Um, so it basically preserves the status quo, which is the maximum acceptable activity in the war. Um, and negotiations in Paris, possibly to end the war, begin. So in the election of 1968. Um, Hubert Humphrey in, from Minnesota is the heir apparent to, to Johnson, um, McCarthy and RFK duel until RFK is assassinated, um, uh, and then Humphrey's basically able to take it over with superdelegates. Um, anti-war zealots, um, go to Chicago for the Democratic Convention, which is protected with barbed wire, um, and police and the National Guard, and then the anti-war people go to the police and National Guard, and they fight, and it's a huge riot outside of it. Um, and Humphrey's strategy actually is to amp up war, amp up the war until negotiations, so that's why they're very angry. The Republicans meet in sunny Miami Beach, nominate uh, Richard Nixon, who's a war hawk, former VP to Eisenhower. Um, he's recently um, changed sort of his whole strategy um, but his strategy, he, he's sort of a centrist Republican. Domestically, he wants law and order. He also nominates Spiro Agnew as his vice president, who's anti, anti-war, anti-black, um, and he wants to win Vietnam. Everyone wants an honorable peace in Vietnam, which really translates to, um, winning. Um, the pacifists all stay home during the election. Nixon wins 301 to 191, wins 31 million to 30 million. Um, he does not have any Republican majorities in Congress, no cities, and no mandate. Um, Johnson will die in 1973. Um, he really helped the African-American population more so than every president, I would say, or the book would say, rather, than Lincoln. Um, and he actually saw them as human. 
which was a plus. Um, the American Independence Party um, nominates Wallace, who is running a strictly anti-black party, pro-Vietnamese war party, and he gets some electoral votes. He is the last third-party candidate to ever do so. Um, Vietnam really sunk Johnson, but the war on poverty and the way he spent his money at home was sort of the nail in his coffin. Okay. It's 10.22. I'm leaving at 10.30. We'll see how much more we can get through um, for now. Okay. Um, Nixon at home begins a policy of welfare, which is food stamps and Medicaid and aid to families with dependent children um, and supplemental security income, SSI. Um, and he also establishes a lot more affirmative action, and it extends to private companies. Um, in Griggs versus Duke Power Company, basically they say there can't be intelligence tests anymore and the government has to commit to diversity. The Philadelphia plan um, basically says construction unions need to have plans and quotas for hiring minorities. Um, the federal government um, begins to regulate for workers now. So uh, with things like the Occupational Health and Safety Administration, in 1970 the EPA is established, um, the war on pesticides begins, um, 422 is the first Earth Day, there's the Clean Air Act, there's the Endangered Species Act, 1973, uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Also, a whole lot of inflation at the beginning of Nixon. Uh, so he puts a 90-day freeze on both um, the dollar and on the wage. On wages, he takes America off the gold standard, which is the end of the Bretton Woods sort of thesis towards it. Um, with civil rights, he's sort of got a quietly anti- um, civil rights stance, which is called the Southern Strategy, which is really converting Southern white Democrats to Republicans. Um, Vietnam leads to a negative attitude because people realize there's racism and sexism and xenophobia still in the world, so traditional values are gone. Um, it is the end of Protestant domination. People are going to church less. Um, liberal churches become really conservative. Um, the cultural authority really shifts to social scientists and scholars. Um, education or Education gets a lot more secular. Um, there's less religious education generally. The Catholic Church actually modernizes, gets more academical, um, and they sing folk songs and blah, 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 and they have beat poets. Um, and just in general, you see beat poets in James Dean and the baby boom goes to college, so at Berkeley have the free speech movement, which is people demanding the right to protest, and everyone's radical and dropping ass, and there's hippies and counterculture and Woodstock and the Beatles and Joplin and Hendrix. Um, there's a sex revolution where birth control is put into the mainstream, um, and acceptable. Um, the Mattachine Society in Los Angeles is established in 1951 for gay rights. There's a Stonewall Rebellion, Students for a Democratic Society. It's actually a terrorist group. Um, there's urban riots and people are turning into drug lords and people are looking down on the flower children, but they have nice values. Okay, moving ahead. I think we can make it. I think we can do this. Nixon and the war. Uh, Nixon is suspicious and testy, um, and he's anti-liberal at home, but he's really good with foreign policy. So he starts a policy called Vietnamization, which is taking out 514,000 American troops, um, and the Southern Vietnamese take over with training and money. That's the Nixon doctrine. The United States will honor its commitments, but not with its troops. Um, it's winning by other means. So, um, the protesters still just want an unconditional end to the war. Nixon is appealing to the silent majority that likes the war, supposedly, um, and he sends Agnew after the doves. In 1970, the war is really, really unpopular. Um, the army is 
um, disproportionately uneducated and African American, and they're wondering, they're running into booby traps, and they're confused, and there's mutiny, and morale is down, um, and at Mylai, 1968, um, American soldiers kill innocent women and children, and the sentiment for the war never returns. Um, thus beginning the policy of Cambodianizing the war, where Northern Vietnam and the Viet Cong are using Cambodia for troops and weapons, etc. So, on April 29th, um, basically Nixon says, okay, time to go get Cambodia. Um, the students riot across country. They're killed at Kent State, and Jackson State Division is up. It's called Whitey's War because um, college kids are exempt from the war. Um, the Tonkin Gulf Act is repealed. The draft is sort of lowered in uh, extensiveness, um, and the period is only one year. Um, the 26th Amendment lowers the voting age to 18. In June 1971, the New York Times and the Washington Post published the Pentagon Papers, which basically said that America provoked the Tonkin Gulf incident and that they've been lying about the war for a solid 10 years. Um, in the meantime, Nixon is trying to stop the Cold War, so he goes and talks to the USSR and China to hopefully get one to fight the other over their interpretation of Marxism and then get help from one of them on the Vietnam War um, for whoever disagrees with um Vietnam. Also, Henry Kissinger, um, with the Northern Vietnamese, um, they meet um, in Paris to hopefully put an end to the war. Nixon manages to normalize relations with China. Um, in February of 1972, he uh, agrees to the One China Policy, which is we agree that Taiwan is part of China. Um, he goes to Moscow then in May, and then surprisingly, he also sort of gets a nice boost with them. Um, the USSR needs food, and they sort of don't want the United States and China to be allied, so everyone's sort of nicer to each other. It's the policy of detente. There's an anti-ballistic treaty, and the strategic arms limitation talks. That's SALT, and the arms race is slowed. Um, and um, sort of people are, people are, you know, feeling a little better about the Cold War, and nuclears nuclear weapons do make a leap in this time um but the cold war is generally on the downswing um yeah so that's like a nice little thing to know the moscow china bit and also um salt um one of those sort of green book nice specific things to reference nixon is really angry with the chief justice of the supreme court warren um uh, in Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965, birth control is legalized. Um, in Gideon versus Wainwright, counsel is, is uh, given to every criminal. Um, <clears throat> in Escobedo um, and Miranda, you sort of get more rights for uh, criminals, um, such as the Miranda rights. And the law and order society is very angry. And also the Bible is kept out of school um, in uh, Engel versus Vital School District of Abington, Tennessee. Or Engel versus Vital in the School District of Abington, Tennessee versus Shemp takes the Bible out of school. So Nixon nominates a bunch of originalists um, to the court and sort of staying, tells them to stay out of social issues. Warren Burger takes over from Warren um, and he nominates three others. And then they all suddenly go liberal and make these liberal decisions, as you see in Roe v. Wade. All right, chug it along here. Uh, 1972, fighting is up in northern Vietnam and the northern Vietnamese have actually pushed through the demilitarized zone with tanks. Um, McGovern, um, or the United States is bombing northern Vietnam, uh, and because they're friendly with USSR and China now, they stay quiet. McGovern, who's a senator from South Dakota, changes the democratic system post-68, which sort of uh, increases the number of primaries and keeps it out of the elite's control, and then he gets the nomination. Um, 
because he says we're going to leave Vietnam and I'm going to help minorities. And he's the acid and abortion candidate. He alienates workers. Um, his running mate might have gone to conversion therapy. Um, Nixon um, says we'll go from 40,000 to 30,000 troops. Kissinger says we're going to make an announcement soon. Uh, and Nixon wins. We're going to make an announcement soon regarding the end of the war. Nixon wins every state but D.C. and Massachusetts, 520 to 17 uh, 47 to 29 million, um, less than half of 18 to 21 year olds eligible to vote do, um, and it is the end of the 60s when Nixon wins. Okay, it is 10:30. I can do this. Um, as the peace ends, Nixon bombs northern Vietnam in the hope that they will negotiate. There's a ceasefire at Paris in January 1973, which is peace with honor, i.e., the United States is withdrawing, getting their prisoner back, and their prisoners back in northern Vietnam is keeping their troops. Um, and the U.S. retreats. Um, there's some questions about Nixon's sort of bombing regarding the Constitution, because in July 1973, the United States uh, does 3,500 raids on northern Vietnam in, Cam- Vietnam in Cambodia. The Americans lied about it. Um, Nixon is bombing the communists in Cambodia to keep the right-wing uh, sort of fascist Cambodian government in place, and he vetoes Congress stopping him. Um, the Cambodian government... Uh, and economy and its people are destroyed. Pol Pot, who's a tyrant, kills two million people and takes over the country. And so Congress passes the War Powers Act in November 73 over Nixon's veto, which basically the president has to tell Congress within 48 hours of using troops. Um, and then he has to end it in 60 days, whatever conflict he's gotten into, if he doesn't get congressional approval to do so. Uh, the Arab oil crisis. Um, Syria and Egypt go to Israel for the six-day war. Um, Israel retreats. Um, Kissinger says to Moscow, please stop sending help to the Egyptians. Moscow listens. Nukes are on alert. Um, the United States diverts $2 billion to Israel and the Yom Kippur war. So Egypt and Syria go for the land that they lost in the six-day war. This is the Yom Kippur war, and it's a stalemate. Um, then OPEC, angry with the Americans, embargoes America and Israel and their allies. Um, and they cut oil production, and it leads to a gas shortage in America um, and a recession in France and the in Great Britain and the Amer- and the U.S. It's the energy crisis, um, and it's the end of cheap energy for America, and the United States figures out that it's a net importer and that they're vulnerable, um, and because their oil has really declined, really even since 1970, um, and especially since the war, and usage has tripled since World War II, um, and there's 2.5 times more autos in the country, and there's no fuel to use them. Um, so the Middle East and OPEC become a priority. Price... Uh, the price of oil uh, quadruples, um, and the United States really is worried about trade and their influence and inflation. Um, so they establish the International Energy Agency to counter OPEC, um, which, um, and they also establish a speed limit to conserve fuel. That is 36. I'll be back tonight for 30, or that's 37. I'll be back tonight for 38, and a chat in a period, whatever, review. This has been Pushing the A.